uh, market close. The markets are closed. No more ticker watching. We can now sit back and ponder about after hours and various things. But uh, as always, we we like to talk about uh, self custody and ownership. And uh, uh, today it will be no different. We've got the links of ownership, which is a little graph or diagram I've been working on, and. Um, it's still a bit of a work in progress on the on the website. We're still f- fleshing out and it's uh, market close. The markets are closed, no more ticker watching. We can now sit back and ponder about after hours and various things. But uh, as always, we we like to talk about uh, self-custody and ownership. And uh, uh, today it will be no different. We've got the links of ownership, which is a little graph or diagram I've been working on. And um, it's still a bit of a work in progress on the on the website. We're still fleshing out and getting the links together and the citations um but it's basically meant to be a a more accessible way of understanding how these different forms of ownership break down um so like with all the discussion around it like um there's so many overlapping terms that uh, almost feels deliberately confusing when it comes to trying to pass out what this all means and um as people trying to directly register our shares we're trying to get self-custody and uh how do we actually achieve that um and uh what's kind of uh in between <laughs> where we were and where we are now um but uh i think um the only thing i've got in terms of updates as well uh for, for project work um I, I should have been working on this diagram, but uh, instead there, there have been some errors coming up in the various broker guides. So I've been going in and correcting that, which uh, has just been a bit laborious. But um, and and other than that, just in real life stuff, IRL getting in the way as it as it tends to. But um, but yeah, I think uh, everyone can see in the nest, and it'll be in the show notes as well. We've got uh the link to this page of the website it's not fully live on the website yet it's not in the menus or anything but you all can get a sneak preview today and uh yeah we're going to start at the bottom of the diagram uh before we before we hop into the diagram there i just would also like to shout out a couple other quick things uh first thing i just want to mention is as always some update on the database project that we have going Uh, at this point we're right about 33% complete. Uh, so one third, I'm glad we hit that milestone like I predicted we would last week. And additionally, that, that means that there's now less than 33, uh, sorry, less than 3,000 companies that we're still missing information for, which, uh, you know, starting out with over 10,000, now we're underneath 3,000. Uh, feels like the end's in sight when they we're talking about gathering all this data from places online. So really appreciate the help. Um, we have database parties on Sunday afternoons in the Discord, but 
anyone can help at any time through our uh, Google Forms that are available on the website. So if you're interested about that, if you can't find information but want to help, send us a DM. Uh, and then one other thing I wanted to mention here is about the Lemmy instance. Uh, those of you that are already using the instance might have noticed in the last uh, week or so that there was some trouble with image hosting. That was because our, our back end, um, you know, kind of like the file storage system had capped out. But we've got that um, resolved again now. So just wanted to uh, share that, you know, thanks so much to our folks working on the back end, keeping up with the increasing demand, which we love to see. And if you're curious to check out the Lemmy instance as well, uh, definitely do. That's linked uh, on, you know, on the top and bottom of our websites, and uh, you'll be able to find that. So I uh, love seeing folks get interested in open source alternatives when it comes to social media uh, as we speak now on a centralized one. Yeah, Lemmy is so good, and it's getting better by the day, thanks to the kind of open source nature of it, that anyone can kind of work on it. Like I've just recently downloaded Boost for Lemmy because uh, they, they used to have a Reddit app, and now they, they've got this Lemmy one, and it's uh, a very smooth experience. It's, it's similar to browsing Reddit in the old days on the third-party apps, uh, except uh, no adverts and no shoving random communities down your throat. So I, I always appreciate that <laughs> personally. Um, but uh, yeah, if we get into the meat of things now, the, the meat of this diagram. Um, we'll start at the bottom, which is uh, where the majority of investors are with the, their ownership, which is um, being a street name owner. Uh, and this kind of... Um, oh, actually... Oh, Maybe I'm we sorry. do some framing first, you know, so mm. this idea of links of ownership. Uh, I would love to just give like a little overview. Maybe I know, Bibic, this was your your idea and you've done such great work kind of bringing it to reality. But uh, maybe let me let me talk a bit about what it means to me. And then and then you correct me if I'm if I'm missing the, the boat. But, For sure, yeah. I, I, it just dawned on me. I was like, oh, I should zoom out and we should start wide. I don't <laughs> yes, start yes, that. exactly. <laughs> I, I love a good bird's eye, absolutely. And so uh, long story short, you know, there are millions and millions of people who participate in uh, the stock market, not just individuals, investors, of course, but uh, companies, corporations, and all sorts of other uh, holding types and styles when it comes to folks wanting to take place in this you know, large social experiment when it comes to uh, you know, taking bets and taking a stand on how companies are doing in the, in the public space. And there are a variety of options when it comes to how that ownership is defined. Uh, and we've got this diagram now structured where at the top of the diagram is probably the least common type of ownership where it's you know, sole ownership where the investor, the end user, really, has complete say and holds everything themselves. And then at the bottom is the most common type called street name ownership. This is where uh, you know the vast majority of all shares in the market are held. And uh, I definitely want to get into a bit about why that is. But um, you know, the most most people that invest in the market, uh, I'm going to say you know 80, 90 percent hold in street name. And 99% perhaps don't even realize that's what they're doing. And they make a assumption that ownership is what they have 
initially when they first dip their toes in and buy a stock through Robinhood or Fidelity or some other type of broker uh, to represent their account. So what, what we would love to do with this episode is take a few steps back, uh, talk about this hierarchy when it comes to how ownership is organized and defined, and maybe even get into a bit of the history of why things are that way, and ultimately try to move forward with a good foundation for understanding the different types of ownership that exist, why they exist, why investors might choose one or the other after knowing about them. Uh, but ultimately, you know, here on Taking Stock, we love taking the stock away from these centralized depositories. So uh, we'd love, you know, certainly our perspective is that DRS, direct holding, is uh, a preference and we want for there to be more information out there about that alternative. Because again, most folks don't realize uh, that there even is this alternative. Absolutely. <clears throat> and especially as uh, someone myself who, who prefers uh, to invest long-term um, find that like time in the market beats timing the market as old uh, Buffett likes to say. Um, like this form of, uh, of self-custody is just uh the bee's knees it's it's the cream that rises to the top of all forms of holding uh and um yeah it's it's what i like but i can totally see why some people would uh prefer something with a bit more uh speed in terms of transactions and uh liquidity and all of that kind of stuff um but that's uh that's a day trader life which which isn't for me but um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, to, to kind of start with the, the diagram, uh, instead of starting from the bottom, I want to start with the three uh, white bits of text, uh, which are the three forms of holding, uh, well, three forms of holding electronically recorded shares, which is the majority of shares these days. Um, so we, we don't really go into paper certificates here, but um, yeah, in, in terms of... Uh, it's it's kind of important to distinguish the difference between a form of ownership and a, and a form of holding because uh, each of these three forms of holdings has two distinctions of ownership to them. Um, and it's where it overlaps and it gets tricky. And this is why I would say, oh, yeah, a Venn diagram would totally kind of show these overlaps and actually lay it all out for us. Um so we've got uh, the DRS holdings, the issuer plan holdings, and the broker holdings. These are the kind of three main ways of storing shares uh, electronically uh, that we you have options for currently. And um, uh, yeah, um, it's kind of commonly thought like, oh, beneficial ownership and street name ownership are the same thing, but actually there there is a distinction between them. And uh, hopefully with this, the nuance will become a bit clearer um and then yeah with the uh black text we've got the forms of ownership all from street name ownership all the way to sole legal title ownership um and we'll uh yeah we'll work, work our way up the list from the bottom to the top uh because the bottom the street name ownership is the largest form uh like the most commonly used form of ownership that exists uh currently uh and hopefully with more education it will become a bit more balanced um 
but yeah, it's uh, it's basically it, it, it's <laughs> it's weird because it originated as a more of a co- colloquialism almost. It, it was a, a nickname uh, given to the form of ownership that you have when you're with a broker because um, you're like kind of second well twice removed almost you you buy and hold through the broker but the broker then works for the central depository who actually owns the shares so uh your name isn't anywhere near the ledger but it's recorded in the street where the brokers are i guess i'm not really sure about the etymology of it to be honest from what i've been able to tell it is basically you know street name is kind of like uh air quotes talking about wall street and the as you said the central depositories so what i'd love to do is kind of frame a bit of the history here uh as bibic mentioned and as i mentioned the vast majority of shares today are held in street name ownership but it actually wasn't always like that you know 100 years ago or 70 years ago there were still a lot of shares that were being traded around uh, on paper certificates, you know, almost manually with physical delivery. Uh, this is back when uh, T plus the settlement time was, you know, ten days, or going back further was two weeks. And even then, uh, you still had issues with deliveries not happening just due to the material difficulty of in-person transfer and uh, having to organize that with couriers and so on. Ancient history, right? So the big advancement that was, you know, it really came about about 50 years ago was this idea of a centralized depository. And uh, I'm glad they're called something like that. It's back when we still use names that were descriptive. Uh, A centralized depository is a central location where all of the shares are deposited. And what that allows for is uh, instead of, you know, let's say, a person in Chicago wants to buy a share from someone in New York, rather than having to have some courier actually take a train or a a horse-drawn buggy or whatever it was. I guess they'd have cars back then. But point being, instead of having to bring over a certificate and go through a legal process, they would just contract the central depository and have their record be updated to reflect the change in beneficial ownership. Uh, So what's going on there? is uh, the central depository maintains an ongoing ownership of the shares in their vaults, uh, as I'll call it. And it's the folks further down the chain that are then going to be trading, and it is all made much easier. So this allowed for more consistent delivery. It allowed for better liquidity in the market, uh, theoretically better and faster price discovery because you had people more able to act on their impulses and beliefs when it came to participating in that market structure. So uh, in that way, uh, although we um, had to relinquish this idea of ownership as the certificates were centralized into this one place, there were a lot of benefits uh, perhaps that, uh, that were recognized. And that was definitely the perspective of you know, proponents of this idea. Uh, back in the early 70s when the depository trust company which today is um you know the main street name holder uh, that when that was first getting tossed about you know that's that was kind of the argument and just looking at that i mean i would say it, it certainly worked and uh, and that's and that has been a very successful model for them 
the last time, uh, I think this is a fascinating statistic. Um, so through the through the 80s and 90s, uh, they were reporting the amount of shares that they held in terms of total market uh, you know, shares that they held in their vault. The last time they reported this was in 1998 when, C- uh, when their nominee, Seed & Co., uh, claimed to hold 83% of all issued stock of all public companies in their vaults, uh, which is just absolutely incredible to think about. Uh, after that point, they stopped reporting this number in their annual report. But my assumption personally, uh, unsighted, is that that number continued to increase and trend upwards uh, as there became only more of a trend towards dematerialization, which is the uh, moving away from paper certificates uh, in the market today. A lot of that pushed by the depository trust company. Yeah, I think that kind of beautifully shows how where it started in a very sensible place where it's like, oh, yeah, we, we need to streamline this situation of paper certificates. Uh, it then turned into, oh, yeah, we can hold all and actually legally own all of the paper certificates. Uh, and that could be very beneficial for us. And as we've moved into this digital uh, market, it's they've held on to this ownership despite it not being as necessary anymore like with digital ledgers it's so much easier to to move between like a nominee and the issuer's ledger um it, like uh the, the need for them to to hold on to all of them is is less and less uh apparent i'd say as time goes on um and pro- probably more so as we like potentially move towards uh, things like distributed ledger technology uh, where it's publicly auditable and uh, much more transparent uh, and just as immediate um, and I think more efficient but um, yeah it's a strange system anyway in, in today's standards but um, yeah that's uh, the whole history of street name I guess um, yeah, I think definitely today, you know, with the with the benefit of being able to understand the modern technology we have, uh, it does seem a bit silly. But to you know, to to maintain this centralized system when we now have the ability to move uh, electronic ownership of different items securely through other recent advancement, as you mentioned, decentralized uh, distributed ledger technology, but it is important to know the context for why a system like this would come about for why it was uh, accepted by the financial minds of the day and seen as a step forward. Uh, that that's definitely worthwhile information. And um, I think one other thing that I'd like to, to mention here, as we kind of move on past street name uh, as this gigantic aggregate is that street name is one type of, beneficial holding, which is going to be like the next major category that we're covering here. Uh, We've sort of separated it out because street name is so ubiquitous because 83% plus of all shares, you know, as of 98 uh, are held through this one nominee seed and co. So it's, it's so bulky and so gigantic that it deserves its own mention. Um, But there is another type of beneficial ownership, uh, so if we kind of, uh, uh, Bibik, how do you feel about just kind of moving on to beneficial ownership? And we'll talk about that a bit uh, broadly. 
Yeah, yeah. I was just looking through uh, right up for broker holdings, and we pretty much covered a lot of it already. Um, I think the only thing that maybe we didn't really highlight was the fact that with brokers, because of this whole um, centralized depository situation, uh, they can do things like having uh, zero or close to zero fee structure uh, for traders to buy for free but then hold at potentially a cost because uh they often will then lend out those shares or use your uh order data for payment for order flow um and essentially sell your information and uh, enables all sorts of um potentially uh, abusive kind of mechanics i think that's so- going to be great to touch on i have an idea about how to work it in uh, again in a few moments because um, because what I wanted to as far as beneficial ownership goes I, all that really means is that the person you you know the investor whether that's you or someone else um, is holding you know a entitlement to the profit and losses of a given share and to the voting rights of that share you know in theory but the actual ownership that is belonging to a different party. And so the investor, that's often called something like the ultimate beneficial owner uh, or UBO, if you are looking up to read more about this online or on our site. Uh, But there are a variety of different types of beneficial holdings. So although StreetName is the largest, uh, where the the owner is Seed & Co. through the DTC, you could also have beneficial holding through uh, perhaps the uh, issuer plan and the issuer's transfer agent, where you might invest with uh, your issuer uh, in their transfer agent, uh, have a direct stock purchase plan going, and you'll still be a beneficial owner in that case, but it's going to be uh, with a different uh, you know, nominee, a different custodian of those shares. And I think what is really crucial to think about here is the different types of structure that these um, uh, providers can have when they are helping you participate in the market, um, you know, and helping you uh, own in their beneficial ownership. So, to your point, Bibic, most brokers that are operating as you know as DTC partners that are uh, you know going to be uh, the the main thing that people are using. Uh, and all those, you know, that 80 plus percent of street name holdings, you know, that's going to be through the broker system. A lot of brokers are are zero fee. A lot of brokers are going to allow you to, you know, you could transfer money in at noon and be purchasing shares at 1210. And that's because they allow some operation on margin, even though the cash hasn't settled yet, they're still going to allow you to participate in the market. Um and that's you know that's just a, a how part of how they operate, and then another thing to think about is how they can make their money. If they're not going to be uh, having a fee structure, then that can again be through things like payment for order flow, where they bundle order data and uh, provide that to uh, other entities that are interested in using it to better understand the market or better position their own trades. And then you can also have things like uh, for margin accounts. Um, most commonly, a broker may choose to lend shares in order to recoup some of that uh, some of that cost that comes along with providing a free at the point of service uh, type of business for uh, for basic investors and for retail investors. 
and then I know that that's that's quite a lot to go over, but uh, we're not going to dig into any of it too deeply. The point being that you know these different plan structures and or these different uh, I should say like business plans, they are going to need to make their money somewhere. And then so conversely, with uh, buying through an issuer plan, we're going to talk more about them shortly. But the main takeaway is that there is a fee involved. You know, uh, oftentimes that the transfer agent is charging either a flat fee or a per share fee that is purchased or both. Uh, and there's also some other differences in about how they can, um, you know, and uh, how they can enact a limit sell or a limit buy in terms of market timing that are going to be crucial to know about as well. So whether or not as a person interested in beneficial ownership, you decide to hold through a broker or through an issuer plan, ultimately the main takeaway is that, uh, they are going to be needing to be self-sustaining as well, the, the the entity providing you that plan. And then also, you're not going to be the main owner of those shares. You're going to be holding in beneficial ownership through some other nominee, whether or not that is uh, the DTC's nominee, Seed & Co., or a transfer agent's nominee, uh, one or the other. Yeah, and um, just, yeah, to... to go real deep into beneficial ownership. Um, there can be so many more layers as well on top of just being uh, with a broker because, uh, as you mentioned, sometimes the broker is a DTC uh, participant, sometimes they're not. And that means they're the, that broker, um, say the broker you use, they're not a DTC participant. It means they're a beneficial owner of what they're, partner broker is buying and holding but really that broker is also a beneficial owner to the dtc cd and co's uh holdings um so and this happens a lot for overseas uh people like people in europe like myself so my broker that i use in the uk they they can't trade then they're not a dtc participant they can't trade on on the the us uh stock exchanges so they have a executing broker in America that they use. So they're a beneficial holder of them. And then that broker is, again, beneficial holder to the DPC. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, it can get pretty layered. Um, and then within the uh, America as well, you know, you, you have um, uh, financial managers and stuff, uh, money managers who, who will – uh manage your investments for you um and that's like a form of beneficial ownership where it's uh, typically like a private contract you've drawn up between yourselves uh which would be evident in a court of law kind of thing um with brokers it's it's not quite as uh uh well tied up let's just say with brokers there are lots of terms and conditions that you end up agreeing to um whether you read them or not uh where they're kind of not held liable in a lot of ways uh, where you think um something with a fiduciary duty would be held liable <laughs> um but yeah uh fiduciary fiduciary duty for anyone who doesn't know is purely for um tax advice and uh investment advice so a broker doesn't say oh you should you shouldn't invest in that and you should invest in this instead or oh you've got x amount of money then you should portion it up into these different portfolios uh and they don't tell you how to do your taxes so 
they have absolutely no fiduciary duty to you. Um, so, yeah. And then you, you can have a, an LLC as well that you own and personally manage. Um, so even though you have exclusive ownership and access to, to those shares, it's still technically a form of ben- beneficial ownership. Um, so it's, it's a term that's can be used in so many cases, but in terms of, uh, this, these links of ownership we're going through, it certainly applies to broker holdings and all the forms within that, that I've just described. Uh, and then as Charles was saying earlier, the issuer plan holdings is also a form of beneficial ownership. Um, but it's quite unique, uh, in, in its, uh, kind of selling point i guess as a form of beneficial ownership because along with it you get uh to be recorded on the ledger uh of the company so even though you're really like the the share is recorded under the nominee name of the um administrator and and manager of the plan uh your name is still recorded in a subclass or a subdivision or something like that um like on the ledger still so uh it's still evident in a court of law that you are the like owner of those shares um but it's not quite the same as sole legal title ownership um i really appreciate your kind of expanding on all these other corner cases which do exist with with beneficial ownership and what a large umbrella uh and shadow that it casts i think just to kind of sum all that up and also that's a terrific segue into the next section on the chain here. But to, to sum all up the beneficial ownership, uh, every share is going to have some name next to it recorded on the stock ledger. And that and the folks whose names are recorded there, uh, those are what's called registers owners that we're going to be talking about next. Um, now, as far as you know, all of the um, other ways that you can hold, whether or not if you're only through a broker, then you're technically under the seed and co uh, listing on the ledger. Or if you're holding through an LLC that you control, uh, like Bibic, if you own Bibic Co and Bibic Co has some shares, then Bibic Co is going to be the registered owner, but you uh, underneath will be the beneficial owner of those shares. So I think that if we kind of think about it in that context, that'll maybe help to clear up all, all of the other corner cases that you might be able to imagine are more than likely to be forms of beneficial ownership uh, of which there are many as as many as the day is long yeah it's a wide world out there of beneficial ownership um, but we'll we'll get into uh yeah this niche form of it uh the issue of plan holdings um because it is uh, a kind of interesting middle ground of direct registration and uh beneficial holdings and it's not a street name because your name isn't just recorded in the broker's ledger. It's recorded in the company's ledger, uh, technically. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but it is still beneficial because as we have kind of dug into, um, we have used uh, computer share as an example because, I think partly because they're uh, one of the, well, they are the largest uh, transfer agent in America. So they just tend to have a lot more documentation in regards to this. Um, So uh, computer share, well, not always computer share. Basically, when an issuer decides 
I'm going to make a plan, a direct stock purchase plan or dividend reinvestment plan. Uh, they need to find someone to sponsor and maintain or administrate, sorry, the uh, plan. Uh, and often it's Computer Share who does both. Uh, and the, whoever sponsors the plan is whoever's providing the shares. When it's Computer Share or uh, a transfer agent that is the sponsor, it means they're just going to the market and buying the shares on your behalf. Uh, sometimes a company will sponsor the plan themselves. That means they are providing a reserve of shares from their stock of shares uh, to be sold directly to these um, plan participants. Um, and then when it comes to administration, again, typically it's the transfer agent or their subsidiary or, you know, have whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, and, but sometimes they will get a bank to be the administrator. So I can't remember for who, but uh, Citibank is an administrator of a plan for, for some big company or probably more, probably more than one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, typically uh, from our research, we've found that it's the transfer agent um, or not exactly the transfer agent. They need to use a subsidiary, a um, company that they own and control um, because transfer agents themselves cannot be brokers. They have to kind of own a, a broker. So in computer shares, case there is computer share the transfer agent and then there is computer share trust company north america which is their uh yeah subsidiary that they use to administer plans um and i mean i i'm not super familiar with uh trusts in america but i typically when you set up a trust it's there to be like to handle money and deal with things on behalf of an estate or something. Uh, I, <laughs> I could be talking out my ass, but um, so when the, you see the word trust in the name, like it's there to kind of manage things that com computer share as a transfer agent cannot. Um, and uh, not only that, just to add to the layers of confusion, the uh, subsidiary needs to operate under a nominee name uh because for some reason you can't just register it under the company name directly so that's where we get uh dingo and co from in computer shares case they they are their nominee name um and yeah they have to be have one as to be a uh to be dtc compliant um and uh oh god where am i going with all this it's so so convoluted sometimes uh <laughs> so yeah there's the the subsidiary uh that is technically a broker it's not exactly an ex executing broker it's only a partial dtc participant um instead it it's just there to manage the pools of all the stock plans that they offer uh and then when they need to execute as in sell or purchase the shares they go to an executing broker such as any old broker that any investor can use uh, i believe computer share tend to use merrill uh, and, and bank of america and uh, that's where they will send the shares from their broker computer share trust company north america they will send them to merrill and then they can be sold from there um, so it's all, all a bit convoluted, but it's the system they have to work within. 
Um, and in order to work within that system, they have to have that broker and nominee awkward uh, setup. Um, so it's dense, really. That's that's the clear takeaway here <laughs> when it comes to involving all of these other ownership structures. Um, here, I'll, I'll try to zoom it back out again briefly because that was an excellent deep dive that you know uh, some listeners might want to uh, listen to again and to, to really get into the nitty on. But as far as this section, this registered owner section, a, a registered owner is someone whose name is in some way recorded uh, on the stock ledger uh, by the transfer agent that the issuer can see. And it's because the transfer agent maintains these issuer plans that the uh, there is an option to be a registered owner in this way. Uh, so it's really terrific that you are named, you know, you meaning the investor, the second person, uh, are a named uh, owner on the ledger. But as Bivik was just explaining, there is still such an incredible convolution when it comes to uh, participating in the market and when it comes to uh, the ownership structure behind that, uh, behind that registered owner status. And if you want to avoid all of that, if you want to just be the sole legal title owner at the very top of our chart here, where the investor is the you know has their name on the share and there's no one else involved, full stop, then that's when you need to, to um, participate in DRS holdings. Uh, and what that allows for you to do is set aside all of this incredible complication and convolution and have a direct connection with your company that no other entity can uh, monitor or um, engage with or infringe upon. Absolutely. And sp speaking of infringing, there there is um, an important thing with issuer plan holdings to note, uh, which is that typically, uh, well, in computer shares case, typically 10 to 20% of the uh, shares in the plan are used or are held in the DTC uh, with their broker, such as Merrill, um, in order to f for them to have operational efficiency, which uh, you can pretty much uh, boil down to liquidity. Like they need to be able, if someone wants to sell shares, it, it can be done immediately through computer shares website. But in order to, for them to do that, they need to have shares ready to go. So they need to keep some shares with the executing broker in order to be able to provide that as a service. Um, but that, of course, means a portion of your shares may well be held in the DTC, um, which is what you're trying to avoid, probably, if you're buying through a transfer agent instead of a broker. Um, they are, I mean, computer shares said on record that they are assured by their broker that they're not lent out or available for lending. Um, and uh, that's about all the all, all they can provide is, is assurances. Um, it's hard to pr provide evidence of um, because once you're in the black box of CD and Co and the DTC, it's really hard to tell what's going on um, because there is just such a lack of transparency there. Um, but on the flip side, one of the like this is still my favorite form of beneficial ownership because it still guarantees you voting rights um, and delivery of shares when you buy them, which 
you don't get through brokers. You, you get entitlements to those things, but when they actually have to deliver, there is absolutely no guarantee. Um, so I, I, I do give them uh, credit where it's due. Um, but for me, as, at the same time, personally, I don't intend to hold shares in plan for, for the oper- operational efficiency reasons. Um, it's simply not why I directly register my shares personally. I think that's a great thing to hone in on here. And I just want to echo that of the different available options when it comes to beneficial ownership um, and when it comes to plan uh, to stock purchase, if you want to you know, support your company and have a direct connection with them and be able to know that your votes are being uh, counted uh, you know, over there at the company's AGM, you know, we went over in prior weeks how uh, commonplace and uh, hard to track overvoting and other similar issues are. And holding through a plan, holding through DRS holdings, both of these methods are going to help you ensure that you have your shares delivered and that you are listed on the stock ledger of the tra- of the uh, company that you want to support. Um, but again, at that same time, uh, participation in this uh, plan process at least with computer share, the largest um, the largest transfer agent uh, by market share in the world, you know, because they offer real time limit sell, just logically that means they need to maintain a, a, a amount of shares you know, with the broker ready to enter into the market at a moment's notice for that operational efficiency for the liquidity, as Bibik had said, and uh, that may just not you know ideologically. Uh, sit right with you personally, and then that is fine. You know, for me, I definitely want to have uh, complete control over my shares. One thing that I want to mention about that kind of bulk aggregate plan holding is that it's not as if, um, you know, uh, Tom and Jane's shares are, are being held to DTC for operational efficiency and Harry and Mike's are not. Uh, there's more imagine there's a whole uh, aggregate um, group of all of the shares in plan and then of those, a percentage of them are being distributed towards DTC. But it's not as if they're directly connected to anyone at that point, because the as we mentioned earlier, individuals are listed in a subclass on the ledger. So it's not as though you know you specifically have specific shares that are in danger of this. Shares are fungible, and this is happening at a bulk level. Uh, with a percentage indicator, as Bibik said, according to computer share, usually 10 to 20%. Uh, and so that's just something else to keep in mind. If you're ever trying to chase down your own share, figure out your own custody, that's going to be very difficult to do for that reason, unless you transfer over to DRS holding, where you can be the sole legal title holder. Absolutely. I think... Um... Yeah, uh, we can maybe just hop onto registered owner before we dive into DRS holdings. Uh, um, just because um, even though we've essentially covered registered ownership and, and clarifying that with DRS holdings and plan holdings, you're on the ledger. That means you, you've got, uh, you are registered, you're recorded, however, however you want to put it, because... Um, the main reason I want to bring up registered ownership is that it's just called so many different things uh, on so many different um, like primary sources. Uh, it can be referred to as uh, registered owners, registered holders, holder of records, record holders. Like 
it, it's just so so many ways of saying the same thing you're on the ledger so you're recorded you're registered however you want to put it um it doesn't seem like there's a particular standard over this description this title uh or just you know form of ownership at all but uh yeah um at least uh it's fairly interchangeable it's there's no big difference between well there's no difference between any any of the forms of describing it um and maybe it's just another another way for making things confusing but hopefully uh like if you tap on the registered owner part of the diagram you can see the three different uh uh citations the three different links and they're all uh two investopedia and ones for from the sec um so just yeah uh goes to show you <laughs> There's one th- one less thing uh, to worry about. You can just be like, okay, that's well, all the same. There's no nothing I have to pick apart this time. Uh, and then, yeah, we can move straight on to uh, DRS Holdings, which is the reason why we get together every, every Wednesday for these calls. Uh, it's uh, uh, the direct registration system. It's uh, There is only one way to be in there and it is being in drs holdings um it records the names it records the shares directly in your name um like some interesting things we've learned like your name is essentially your account number with the transfer agent um like where normally your your uh holdings are assigned to your account number with your bank and your brokers um transfer agents quite literally put it in your name um there's no other way for them to do it so uh it's uh it feels at the same time a little old-fashioned but also quite refreshing um and uh yeah like um it's uh, (laughs) i'm struggling to find my words tonight um i've just been working too much lately and uh getting distracted by my dogs which uh tends to happen in the evenings they go crazy <laughs> well, i think drs you know for for our most common listeners might be the one we have to cover the least and um you know th- there isn't much more to say other than you know you can be um the person whose name is listed on the ledger yourself you don't need to hold through um street name with seed and co you don't need to hold through broker you don't need to hold through an issuer plan uh, you don't need to hold through an llc although certainly you can or you don't need to hold through a retirement vehicle you can hold uh in your own name if you choose to and the various benefits for that i mean we could go on and on about them maybe we can post in the uh show notes for this one, we'll post a link to our uh, DRS information packet published over on ydrs.org that goes into a lot of the uh, different um, reasons uh, that individuals might choose to uh, go into DRS holdings. Uh, there's definitely a variety of them there uh, that will appeal to, I think, many sorts of long investors who want to support their company and have a direct relationship. Um, but that's definitely... Uh, what we want to do is encourage folks to learn about these different um, options, develop a more granular understanding of the differences between them, the benefits and the drawbacks to each. And from there, 
uh, be truly empowered to make an independent investment decision. So I uh, really appreciate uh, Bibic for this idea and, and for getting this this started here. Uh, I love this this concept. I love this graph. And um, Bibic, unless there's anything else that you wanted to touch on, maybe we can see if any of our uh, live listeners here have uh, have any questions. Yeah, absolutely. If anyone's got any questions, definitely throw your hand up. Um, yeah, and I, I think I was thinking while you were talking there, the reason I think why I was stumbling so much, I was trying to find more ways of describing it because there there have been so many ways of describing beneficial ownership and street name ownership and what goes on with issuer plans. And then when you get to DRS, it just kind of it becomes incredibly simplified. It's in your name, and you own it. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> like when when you get to the sole legal title owner, it's it's just a paragraph. I mean, it's it's two sentences. It's <laughs> yeah, it's so simple. Um, it is literally you own it, uh, and it's it's kind of wild yours. how much we have to explain <laughs> that to people uh, and why that's important. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it is. DRS Holdings is the only way to to be the sole legal title owner um, of your shares. Uh, there is no other way to be legally evident of uh, as the owner of your shares, um, except for certificates, I guess. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll mention yeah. that briefly. But as far as electronic holdings go, yeah. which is the vast majority, DRS is the only way. Yeah, and as time goes on, may become the only way of. of uh, having shares um we'll all be stuck with uh replicas replica certificates just for the novelty uh which i i've got mine so i you know <laughs> i'll i'll be getting those replicas i'm sure uh but one thing um i want to clarify with the the top part of the diagram sole legal title owner it's um a bit of a bastardization of a phrase that i've i've made um really it's it's just legal title is the specific term when it comes to like being the legal owner. Um, like you, you, when you buy a car, you have legal title over that, over that car. When you're um, leasing a car, you do not. It's as simple as that. Um, and uh, I've added that uh, soul because it's just to make it incredibly clear. Nobody else's fingers are touching these shares. Um, I guess to a technical extent, computer share has technical access, but um, and the only th- only way to go beyond that and really have sole ownership is is through uh, crypto technology and distributed le- ledgers and all, all that stuff. Um, but within the the current system, this is about as pure as it gets when it comes to ownership. Um, and yeah, I threw an owner as well just to make things extra clear because uh, sometimes. Just the word legal title doesn't mean a lot to people. Um, I think I, it does for, for property owners and for car owners, but I don't think many other people come across this uh, phrase day to day. Yeah, that, that's a great note. I love the addition of soul there because it, it really just drives home. As you said, that there are no other entities that have the, the right to... Uh, you know, to meddle with your asset. And, uh, and that is just how people, I think, as I said at the top of the call, you know, how a lot of people think that's how it is by default and uh, are mistaken about that. 
it's not their fault. You know, there's not a lot of direct financial education about these distinctions and changing that heuristic and understanding in the investing population is definitely uh, you know part of our main goal uh, with these talks, with these resources. Absolutely. But the, the fastest way to get power back to the people is education, baby. So the more we can kind of pick apart and simplify these things and, and break them down, the better. Um, hoping that this diagram will kind of help spread out all this overlapping crap that, that has been kind of getting in the way of people understanding um, these different holding forms and the structure of ownership around them. Um, and I mean, it, the one little tidbit uh, we can end on uh, is a fun little thing. When when you are the sole legal title owner of your of your shares in DRS Holdings, when you go to sell uh, or even go to buy through the transfer agent, it flows through these links of ownership, uh, down up and down depending on selling or buying. If you're selling, it works its way down. It moves from your DRS holdings into the issuer plan holdings because that's where they can then connect to the DTC's FAST system uh, and transfer the shares to the executing broker who then sells it at market. Although in reality, the shares are already with the executing broker uh, because of the operational efficiency. Um, but yeah, it's, that's essentially the, the flow uh, of ownership it, as it uh, as you sell it back into the market and as you buy it from the market. Um, yeah, it works its way up from that street name ownership with brokers into the DT, uh, into the transfer agents executing broker, then the uh, semi-DTC participant broker in the issue of plan holdings, and then you can transfer them into DRS holdings to be the seat sole legal title owner. So it's... Uh, yeah, there's a nice little flow to it, and they they connect. It's like um, they they link in more ways than just the descriptions. I guess is what I'm trying to get at. <laughs> that's a brilliant observation. You know, it, it, I love that you mentioned that, and I bet that's going to help visualize and contextualize the process for you know folks that have either sold or bought um, through this system already, or even those that are just curious about it. Uh, great shout! Great shout! Yeah, it's just it's nice to be able to just see it and visualize it. Uh, a lot of this stuff I really struggle to explain just off the top of my head because it's just so hard to picture the flow of it all. Um, but yeah, hopefully this this will help with that. I mean, it's helped me when we're talking about it now, and I'm struggling to talk full stop. So it's uh, <laughs> it's been a long 